Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This episode is sponsored by M3 Virtual Accounting. Don't forget, if you are looking for somebody who can help you deal with all of the finances related to an online business or even your personal finances, if you find yourself dreading the tax time that's coming up, go and talk to Molly. She is the one who is helping me and her help has just been invaluable. M3virtualaccounting.com is where you go to schedule a completely free console and Molly will talk with you about what you're looking for and whether she can help you. And let her know that I sent you. M3virtualaccounting.com This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Some Spoiled, a song of ice and fire too. The co-host switcheroo, the rereading. Return to Westeros HBO spoiler edition. Uncut, uncensored, and too hot for primetime television. In this episode, we are covering A Dance with Dragons, chapters 22 and 23, Tyrion and Daenerys. So Tyrion's not dead, not drowned, so far has not turned to stone. But there's some other bad news. He has stumbled into a person who's going to take him back to Westeros. And Daenerys, she has a, a fight, if you could call it that with Dario and sends him away. <laughs> Welcome to Unspoiled. Monsters are dangerous and just now kings are dying like flies. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. Oh my god, this is not a great start. Not, I just said that we were professionals, too. I said, welcome to the show. I almost said Cho with a C. It sounded And then like it came to my name, and I almost said Natasha instead of Sha, which I don't like, even though that's how it's spelled. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> my, my, my mouth wants to do a Cha sound this morning. Mm. Cha-cha-cha. I was going to sing changes and you went cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Both valid choices. Yeah, true. I um, I want to say, just for the record, that that is not, he is not being taken back to Westeros. Okay. That Noted. is clearly Mor Mormont, Jorah Mormont, and he has taken him to Daenerys. Oh, okay. I, I don't believe for a second that anything else is happening. <laughs> okay. Noted. Um... Yeah, I've got to uh, be honest with you. It makes sense. But the first time I read this, it did not occur to me. I assumed it was like, oh, yeah, I'm going back to Cersei with you because everything fell apart with Daenerys and I got to find somewhere to have a life. And Westeros isn't going to take me back unless I do something dramatic. But I see what you mean. <laughs> However, I could be wrong. First, we have to start off. With 
Tyrion waking up from near drowning. And uh, it turns out that he has been bathed in vinegar because they think that that may help prevent grayscale. And the maester is like, "Mm, I don't even think that really works, but it doesn't do any harm. So we went ahead with it. Yeah. Vinegar has such a strong smell that to just be covered in it. Have you ever, for those who are not aware, vinegar is amazing for treating sunburn. And I only discovered this a couple years ago. Owen's grandmother told me, and I was like, what? And then we soaked cotton balls in vinegar and pressed it to our sunburned skin. And the relief was so instantaneous and remained for so long after. What kind of vinegar? We just used apple cider vinegar. Oh, okay. Um, But she did it to Owen with white vinegar and it worked just as well, he said. Hmm. And, uh... It, the only thing was that you fucking stank like vinegar all day, which sucks. Don't get me wrong. But man, it really does work. So if anybody out there is truly suffering from a sunburn at some point, give it a shot. Vinegar has so many fucking different uses. It's always it's like crazy, right? Like the it's like a hundred and one life hacks with vinegar. It can it's like what can it do? I love vinegar, by the way, too. I will go into the kitchen. I don't have any in my house right now, and I really need to fix that. Go into my house and just just do, like, a little shot of vinegar because I just want the taste of it. I love vinegar. I know. It's so funny to me. Oh, my God. You just take a shot. I should have put some vinegar out while you were here visiting. <laughs> I would have had some. Next to it. I absolutely would have had some. I love it. This is a guest vinegar. I would when I, I think I, I know I've said this before, probably apologies for repetition, but I would eat like I would get a cucumber and a bowl of vinegar and eat a cucumber and like dip it in vinegar and take a bite and I would eat it like a snack. I mean that is a snack. It's delicious. What is, what is salad mm-hmm. dressing but vinegar with some oil added? Mm-hmm. And what's the oil really doing here? Mm-hmm. Really we're here for the vinegar. That's the main event, right? That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You As know a kid, I used to only have vinegar. I didn't use salad dressing, so I would only use like red wine vinegar or uh, straight lime juice, mm. and that would be like my salad dressing. Same idea. I remember when I first had balsamic. Because as a kid, you know, I never had it. It wasn't really anything that we had in the house on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And then I had it. We went to my mom took me to like a diner, and they brought it out. You know, in the little oil and vinegar little carousels that places used to have i don't think people do that anymore <laughs> but uh i yeah I'm, i know what you're talking, you know what about, I'm talking because about because i can see it in my head but i don't think well, maybe diners yeah that's I about it i haven't seen that in ages but yeah so they brought one of those to the table and it was like the galaxy brain meme for me <laughs> like i did not know vinegar could be this and it was such a game changer for my whole life. <laughs> oh, that's so precious. It was so good. <laughs> I love it. And I remember thinking that it was very adult too for some reason. I don't know why exactly. I think because it was it was darker, right? So in my in my mind, it was like a white wine vinaigrette. And so I overplayed the wine aspect of it. As well, oh, I think. Oh, that makes sense. You know, in my brain, so, yeah. so the whole thing just felt very, very adult. Um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, I've leveled up. 
Oh, that's so cute. I love that. <laughs> because I know what you mean. Like as a little kid, you zero in on the one word that feels like grown up and wine, that makes sense. But sometimes it's a word that isn't really mm-hmm. grown up, but it's just to you as a child. You don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that. so cute. I love it. <laughs> um. So anyway, he uh, he was rescued by Lamore, who gave him mouth to mouth and, you know. He, he missed it, sadly. Um, Yandri said we ought to throw you back, but the lad forbade it. And he's like, wow. Okay. The prince <laughs> stopped you from drowning me. Interesting. Um, yeah, Griff saves him. Lamore does the... Pulls the, the water from his lungs. That's basically like CPR, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if there was concern for Lamore having gotten the grayscale. Like if she did mouth to mouth, I don't know if that's implied or not, or if it's just sort of like the chest pumping action. Uh, I was wondering the same thing, actually. Like it's never mentioned that they're worried about that, but I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it was weird to me that like, but I guess maybe in the heat of the moment of saving someone's life, you don't think about those kind of things if you're a quote unquote good person. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. What's that but, like, everybody? Uh, Let us know. I love Tyrion's answer too when he finds out that Griff saved him and he goes, he must hate me or he would have let me die. <laughs> 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 because honestly, that's how I feel a lot of the times, even though I'm trying to be better about that. Oh my god. There was a moment in another book I was reading where the this woman is talking to her adopted daughter about the thinking behind suicide and why some people think it's a sin and other people don't. And she asks her mother, well, what do you think? And she says, well, I think if somebody is bent on death and it's their body, they get to decide what they want to do. And she recalls the story of a guy that she he had been told by his father that he was going to have to marry this woman and take the family business in the next month. And the guy did not want to do it. And he attempted to drug himself to death and she called the ambulance and saved him. And the next time she saw him about two years later, he was walking in the park with his wife and their child. And he Mm. threw her a look of such hatred Mm. that even the memory of it she could still feel the sting oh shit and resolve from that day forward to not interfere if somebody had decided that they really wanted to like holy shit that took a turn that wasn't what i was expecting at all yeah you were gonna say he looked at her with like deep deep gratefulness and you know shit no that was a dude who had wished that she he was dead and still did and i was just like that wow yikes yeah (laughs) fucking indeed um so anyway uh this this <laughs> results in her- in him having to get a knife Halden half maester tosses it at him and Tyrion's like what the fuck for a second before he realizes like what the intention is here and he is forced to press the tip of the knife into every uh, one of his extremities to ensure that he can still feel it and uh he complains the whole time as one would if one was told to please draw blood repeatedly from every appendage that mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. um for right now it seems like we're good yeah there's you know it doesn't seem like anything is going on but we do get understandably they're very on edge about it 
somebody is just like, well, the outside seems okay, but you did swallow like half of the river. So for all we know, it could just be starting on the inside out. And that is like not what anybody wanted to hear. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Wow. Um, the, the pervasive nature of this, like this disease and how this is just the, the sort of thing that would like really send me over the edge. I think after a little while wondering, do I have it constantly watching for it? Like, the fact that it can apparently turn up later on, like it, it sounds like what they say at one point is that it can sort of live in your system, mm -hmm. you know? And I just really felt like that's not fair. Let's just have a week of paranoia and then a week passes and you're good, you know? And, and you don't have this, hanging over you for potentially like the rest of your life right like when it, when when do we get the all clear and i can trust that it's all clear yeah you know exactly so i just i felt for him in that moment quite a bit actually um so they're feeding him and uh lamore is <laughs> i love this we prayed for you I won't hold that against you. <laughs> uh, young Griff's greeting was less effusive. The princeling was in a sullen mood, angry that he had been forced to remain on the Shy Maid instead of going ashore. He does not seem to understand his role. This he kid keeps being surprised and angry that they're not letting him leap headfirst into danger. He really is very childish mm -hmm. in the whole way that he is approaching everything yeah and then this 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 game with Tyrion just sort of exasperates that <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly it's so tough because like i i want to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's just that you're young but i can't help but feel like this is a personality thing i feel like there are other people who would be his age that would get it you know, so part of me is like, I feel like this is a bad sign for him as like a leader. If he's I, yeah, just I, not understanding this, at, he's not so young that he can't comprehend, you know? Yeah, there definitely is like some concern that maybe the gene, especially the way these Targaryen genes work. Yeah. That like maybe he might not be the best, uh, like if he really is Targaryen, then maybe he he's going to be one of the ones that that don't have the best name in front of their first name. Mm -hmm. Like he's, you know, it's going to be a mad Targaryen or, yes. or something else. Um, how old is he supposed to be now? Do we have an idea? It's like 15. I think 15 or 16. Yeah. That was what I was. Yeah. Hmm. And that, you know, like, again, you're, you're, when you're young, you're young and you're just going to be foolish because that's the nature of it. You don't get it. But there are different types of foolish in youth mm -hmm. and his is a type that concerns me for also, the role that he's supposed to be inhabiting the way he's been raised. So, or, or the little I understand about how he's been raised. It, he's just been with these, this little group of people that we know here, right? So there's Griff, this Maester, the Septa, this duck guy. And, He's been, I'm assuming, had a life sort of like Daenerys's 
when she was sort of in, in exile, mm-hmm. like different, like the, what's the Illyrio and Varys sort of having a network that these people have sort of depended on to get from place to place and to sort of shelter them and right. fund their exploits and all that stuff. And he's been raised knowing that he is a prince in exile that he's destined for this great um, future. And I don't know about telling a kid from the time they're a little kid that they're destined for greatness. Mm. I have never been a big fan of that. I understand that that's just how it goes, especially if you're like in this universe when you're born into a royal family, you know, it can't be helped. But... It, You're it, taking the uh, the Dumbledore view of things. Oh, I guess I am. Yeah, I guess I am. Oh, Dumbledore, I haven't thought about you in so long, sir. It's wild how I don't think about that any of that hardly yeah. ever anymore. When it was such a big part of everything for so long. Oh, I it's just said lost years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got to mm. bring the bag of my stuff home from work. I have like all my stuff that used to decorate my desk just like in a bag i just never feel like carrying it pour one out for the lost days yeah what a fucking shame but anyway so i wonder how much um young griff has been a victim of his potential greatness you know like you grow up hearing about all these things you're destined to do and be it doesn't it's not surprising that he's like ready to start this part of his exciting life because his day-to-day life is kind of shitty mm-hmm. so he's ready to start on the part of his life that's going to be great that you guys won't shut up about <laughs> like when's that part start yeah that makes sense yeah actually that's probably exactly what it is and whose fault is that folks mm-hmm. Tyrion says the perfect prince but still half a boy Little with little and less experience of the world, and all its woes, woes, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> so the way that like Tyrion manages to distract this kid is in again, like to me, the most obvious way, which makes me worried. Is just like you want to play Shavas, and he's like. I'm sick of that game. You're sick of losing to me, you mean. Fine. Okay. Let's right. go play. You know, like, right. come on, kid. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. And Tyrion is just like, oh, so fucking easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Like, how? Come on. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, And they play and Tyrion decides that what he's going to do is try and prove a point. So, first off, he starts by talking about the the legend of his death and that everybody thought his brains had been bashed out. And, of course, it turns eventually to Daenerys. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I uh, hope that the story that they told you about how you were saved is true. But even if it's not, it's a great story, especially for her consort, if she agrees. And this kid had clearly never even considered the if 
she agrees. Oh, the if had never crossed his mind. Not even for a second. Not even for a fucking second. Uh, and he's just like, well, she has to. And Tyrion's like, <laughs> uh, why? She's a queen with an army? She has actual dragons. Not just one, <laughs> apparently. She has three. And you're showing up with who? With yeah. what? I have to say, Tyrion's assessment of Daenerys is really, really good. He's really it's like really knows her, good. right? Like, like he's never fucking met or talked to her. He fucking pegs it. It's, yep. it's astounding how on the nose he is. Yep. On the nose. <laughs> oh, you guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's okay. This is what we're here for. It's what we like. <sighs> so yeah, this is like really working. You know, his attempt to throw young Griff off is, it, it, it couldn't be going better. Mm -hmm. It's so effective. And uh, it results in the game that they're playing going faster because this kid is so irritated that he keeps making moves without really like considering the way that he should mm. and Tyrion also at the beginning is like oh that's a mistake when he goes yeah. to use his dragon mm -hmm. and the kid doesn't do it but later on it turns out that was not a bad move yeah he gets all what you said and he's like yeah I lied <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah this part so I'm gonna read this um I know that she spent her childhood in exile, impoverished, living on dreams and schemes, running from one city to the next, always fearful, never safe, friendless, but for a brother who was by all accounts half mad, a brother who sold her maidenhood to the Dothraki for the promise of an army. I know that somewhere out upon the grass her dragons hatched, and so did she. I know she is proud. How not? What else was left but her pride? I know she is strong. How not? The Dothraki despise weakness. If Daenerys had been weak, she would have perished with Viserys. I know she is fierce. Astapor, Yunkai, and Marine are proof enough of that. She has crossed the grasslands and the Red Waste, survived assassins and conspiracies and fell sorceries, grieved for a brother and a husband and a son, trod the cities of the slavers to dust beneath her dainty sandaled feet. Now, how do you suppose this queen will react when you turn up with your begging bowl in hand and say, good morrow to you, auntie. I am your nephew, Aegon, returned from the dead. I've been hiding in a pole boat all my life, but now I've washed the blue dye from my hair and I'd like a dragon, please. And oh, did I mention my claim to the Iron Throne is stronger than your own? Mm-hmm. That's Yikes. a very good point. Ooh. <laughs> that last line, that's a very very good point <laughs> yep that's not gonna sit super well yeah but yeah he lays it out and and this is so because we talk a lot about how information moves in this world mm -hmm. and um you know all of the stuff that daenerys has been doing it's, it's really funny too because when we find uh later in the chapter when they go and have and he plays with um the the guy in the city and he tells of the rumors that they've heard about Daenerys. All of this information about her is floating around, right? And Tyrion has picked through all of it and actually pulled out the kernels of truth. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like he, like it's just, it's, it's really, really amazing how 
close he gets to everything just based on second, third, and fourth-hand information that's been been going around throughout this universe for the course of the books. Um, and you don't appreciate it until you hear this other guy start talking about the rumors <laughs> yes. and how, like, off the wall they are. She's <laughs> fucking everybody and their children and their dogs. Oh, my God. She welcomes them all into her bed so that she can take their souls. <laughs> I was just like, are we really? Okay. <laughs> We're doing this, I guess. But uh but yeah, that, that last line is really a fucking killer. Um and it's true because well, let's think let me think for a second. You guys indulge me as I as I struggle with the succession. Rhaegar was Prince. Daenerys was his sister. Right. The king dies, Rhaegar is next up as eldest child, eldest boy, right? <laughs> I'm the eldest boy. <laughs> that is ruined forever, isn't it? Oh my I'm god! I'm the eldest boy is ruined forever. Thank you, Kendall Roy, for that. <laughs> oh, um, but his son would have a better claim than Daenerys as the daughter of the king. Is is basically what Tyrion is saying. And that checks out? Yes. Okay. All right. Hmm. Hmm. I. Hmm. Hmm. What's happening? I'm just thinking about, like, the difference in the way that they would each be received based on him being a man is a huge advantage for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And his claim, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have the dragons. And I feel like that's so big. That's such a big deal that I wonder if that overrides, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Like if you, as, as, and and granted, this is not a democratic system. Nobody's voting on who gets to be a monarch. So it doesn't matter. But like, if you were on the sidelines watching this and somebody was like you need to decide between the two of these people who has the better claim and who is the most targaryen oh i'm rolling with the dragons no question right no like question. that feels to me like the deciding factor yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Hmm. and then i guess what becomes tricky is you know when he meets her right and meets her dragons if he can i, I say steal one because apparently that's a thing you can do based on the house of the dragon but if he can command one of those dragons into his service you know yeah then then which i don't think would be very difficult to do quite frankly considering the fact that she is sort of disconnected from her dragons and she's got one just out there roaming the world interesting Ooh. Ooh. i don't think that it really happens but what if he because drogon is just out there doing what he do Right? Like, she hasn't seen, we find out she hasn't seen him in a long time. I don't think this is really going to happen, but my brain just went, what What if this Aegon actually, like, got her dragon? Scoops up Oh, my God. (laughs) I would be so angry. I would, I would, I would be so angry that I would be over these books, and I would not care that George Martin didn't finish them. The dragon is supposed to have three heads, though. Remember? So, yeah, so so we need so she's supposed so she has one, and then she, there's two other people that need to come and claim it, claim her two dragons, right? Like, 
maybe like it sounds like that's what it could mean but yeah we don't know i'm gonna be honest i never really fully got that particular the dragon has three heads Mm -hmm. you know um i never got exactly what that was supposed to mean i'll be very frank with everybody at this late stage of the game and it, it seemed like whenever people talked about it it was i would get like very varying stories so I was mm. like, oh, other people aren't sure either. There's like not a consensus, maybe. I think that, that most means. people are in agreement that it's just there are three Targaryens out there that are potentially going to like play a role in saving uh, Westeros really? from the others. Yeah. Oh. What part of the internet have I been on? Mm-hmm. I mean, the part without spoilers, so probably yeah, that's maybe, why. Maybe that's why my information is so dodgy. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think that's what most people seem to think is, like, there are, that Daenerys isn't the only one, but Interesting. who the others are. Right. Mm, you know, like, because we know John, Yeah. Is definitely half. Well, this makes this this because it's very funny too. Because later on, we meet the the priest that's that's preaching that she is the prince that was promised, and I which honestly like, makes more sense in terms it, of like sacrificing a loved one and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right, but I just I, I derailed this a little bit, even though it was like a, a, a an interesting derailment, I think. But I, you know, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It's totally on topic. Oh, good. Okay, I think. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> um so <laughs> uh say what you want, she will be my bride. Lord Connington will see to it. I trust him as much as if you were my own blood. Perhaps you should be the fool instead of me. Trust no one, my prince, not your chainless maester, nor not your false father, not the gallant duck, nor the lovely the moor, nor these other fine friends who grew you from a bean. Above all, trust not the cheesemonger, nor the spider, nor this little dragon queen you mean to marry. All that mistrust will sour your stomach and keep you awake at night, tis true. But better that than the long sleep that does not end. But what do I know? Your false father is a great lord and I'm just some twisted little monkey man. Still, I'd do things differently. Hmm. And what he suggests is just go to Westeros to Dorne and start mustering banners and wait. Mm-hmm. You don't have to launch an assault. You just step in there while Cersei is busy ruining the country. Yep. And yep. everything is a disaster and make it so that she has a place that is ready to receive her with reinforcements and hole up. I think this is a really good idea. It is. And they, and and it and coupled with the council that she needs to get the fuck out of Marine and head west, like these are both of those are the better ideas, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is going to be listening to either of these. No one is about to do either of these. <laughs> it's unlikely. And it's a real shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a real shame. Like if he were able to convince them to do this instead and if in the next chapter Barristan was able to convince Daenerys to head to Westeros what could be different yep you know everything yeah yep yep and Mm -hmm. then 
You have them two, and then they both find out what John is facing. They go north to fight the real battle because Cersei is like crumples by the time the Daenerys meets up with Aegon and Dorne, and they see what's really coming. The people are sick of Cersei. She's burned every bridge she ever had. Then the others become the main focus. They go north. They meet John, and boom, there's your third dragon. And then they fight the others, and story over. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and like the whole thing about the reaction to the story of how he was rescued, Tyrion seems like a little skeptical about. Oh yeah, well you know they I was swapped out as an infant. Mm-hmm. So does he just think this kid's an imposter? Like he has the look. Tyrion has said that himself. Yeah, I don't know what he is thinking could be going on here is like just he is of targaryen blood but does because there are people out there who have the look and aren't or mm-hmm. if they are it's distant and you know they're a bastard or whatever maybe he is just somebody and they saw this kid that fit the look and they were like you know what we could do i mean you know, it's definitely like, possible the question uh, is really like does it matter yeah and if we believe in it uh, Illyrio and, and Varys have both been very cagey about their motivations, right? It, everything is, is you know, we do it for the realm. The realm is more important than the individual ruler and all, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If, which seems unlikely to me, if they put all this effort into protecting the Targaryen line through the effort they put into protecting Daenerys and then this effort with this young Griff slash Aegon character. That's a lot of resources and time and energy spent in saving these two Targaryen children uh, and, you know, machinations to install them back on the throne yeah. when they come of age. That doesn't seem like it's unbiased. I just want the realm, you know, that feels very much like, oh no, I stay in a Targaryen. So, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And I'm going to point something out and we're going to do some Austin Simple Corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he has sent a pair of notes. Usually he will send one set that's for the two chapters we're covering. But this time he sent a set that's for the chapters we're covering. And then another set about theories regarding young Griff. Oh, my and he reminds us that before we get to this part in the book, there have been two hints about a mummer's dragon. In book two, during the House of the Undying, where Danny has a vision of a cloth dragon being paraded amongst a cheering crowd. And that's the first one. The second is when Quaithe in this book says to Daenerys, Lion and Griffin, the sun's son, and the mummer's dragon, trust none of them. All right. So that's that's the lion, the griffin. So that's Tyrion. That's fucking Connington. Mummer's dragon. Sounds like it could be Aegon. Uh, I don't know who the sun's son is. The sun. Maybe that's the guy who's trying to marry her? 
The sun's son. Oh! Dorn's symbol is the sun. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they're sending his, and they're he's sending, sending his son. They're yeah. sending his son to her, too. Trust none of them. Hmm. My, my. wonder if Quaithy's even uh, just trying to fuck shit up for Daenerys a little bit. Maybe Quaithy's I don't not know. looking out for Daenerys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty much everybody. The only person that's not mentioned in that is John. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And um, Austin points out that Mummer's dragon can just mean fake dragon, but also before becoming a spy, Varus was a Mummer. So Mummer's dragon could mean Varus's puppet, basically. Oh. That still um, points to Illyrio and then this whole group. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. The theory that some fans believe is that young Griff isn't a real Targaryen, but that he is one of the Blackfires, which was a de- like a bastard house that was eventually uh, legitimized. Um, and this is something you and I were talking about this before. This is something that I find a little bit frustrating and I know you do too when there's like information that hasn't really been part of the main text but feels like it could be potentially really important to the main plot mm-hmm. and you know this information that Austin is giving us is a history that is mentioned but isn't really emphasized you know in the main book um, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. The, the Blackfires were a cadet branch of the Targaryens founded by Damon Blackfire, who was a legitimized bastard. A hundred years before the events of the series, following the death of his father, the king, uh, he attempted to seize the throne and he was defeated. But his allies fled across the narrow sea with his children, forming the Golden Company, and they still claimed the throne. They continued to press their claim for several decades until the last Blackfire pretender was killed by Barristan Selmy. Um, and that was Maelor the Monstrous. Which was the... So the Golden Company that sells swords? Yeah, and this has been told to us because Maelor the Monstrous is the one that had the uh, second head. Do you remember that whole right, like, yes. weird thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so... It is mentioned in this book and the very first one that Maester Illyrio's second wife, Sarah, was a woman from Lys, a city the Blackfires used as a base and who looked a lot like Daenerys with silver hair and blue eyes. Illyrio has chests full of well-made children's clothes, which he gave Tyrion to wear, and is insistent to see young Griff and genuinely heartbroken when he Mm. can't. Illyrio seems weirdly set on having Griff on the throne and the last, uh, let's see. I'm just going to make sure I'm not reading a spoiler by accident. I'm not sure if that's like this book or next. So I'm going to avoid saying that part, but it doesn't matter that much. Um, the most popular theory is that he is the son of Illyrio and his wife, Sarah, one of the last of the Blackfires sold into slavery after they were finally snuffed out. 
Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. So, and like I said, like about- a lot of this stuff is like it's mentioned, but it's you need to know, I feel like, a little bit more to be able to really piece together the timeline of things. Right. To come up with this sort of theory, which can be a little bit frustrating, you know? I agree. Uh, when it feels like you haven't done all your homework, so you're missing out mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. what the story is trying to tell you, you know, it's a... And, like, we're going through this slowly, and there is so much happening that we're still not putting these pieces together when I think going through it as slowly as we are, if it were a different book, we would catch this sort of hint, you know, but there's just so many players, so many bloodlines, so much history and so many details mentioned that are seemingly unimportant. Like we're not paying attention to Illyrio talking about his wife and what she looked like and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's really tr- – it just feels like the sort of thing that I can understand why some people enjoy that aspect of it, that it's so subtly done. But I also find it like as somebody just reading through it meant for enjoyment to be a little bit tedious. And yeah, like- that's the word I was going to use. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, it's it's it it's a bummer because it's clear how much time and effort went into building this universe. Um, I mean, if maybe maybe if that hadn't been such a huge focus, maybe the books would be done. Mm. Um, you know, like if you're like there's there's building a world and there's telling a story. You know? Yeah. And uh at the end of the day, I don't care what you're building. Your story is always going to be what matters to me more Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm here for. Right. I'm here for the story you're trying to tell me. And if you get, if you sidetrack yourself, sideline yourself with the building of everything to the point that you can't even finish your own story, that is concerning to me. And I think that that's why I think, from what I understand, there's like a dearth of material available that are like su- it's supplemental to these mm-hmm. to to the series, right? I have just the one, the like the World of Ice and Fire book, but right. I know there's like all all these other ones that are out there and and whatever. And if your world building starts to take the place of your storytelling then you you you're gonna lose me mm-hmm. and it's a real shame <laughs> it's a real shame but um but i do appreciate the time and effort that goes into it and um i love that there are people who can go through all those materials and parse out the bits that are meaningful to the story i'm i'm hearing and then of course share that with me so austin i always appreciate your time and thank you yeah that. thank you austin very much for always yeah. doing all this stuff and for yeah. You know, yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it to seem like I don't like appreciate this, this ancillary material. But what bums me out is that how, how much you need it. Yeah. You know, that's what kind of bums me out is how much you need it. Like, I'm trying to imagine, like, 
if Pottermore had been that necessary Hmm. to get through the Harry Potter books, to understand the whole story that was being told. If you needed to read every, you know, little side story and background story and, you know, supplemental material. And I think a lot of people would argue that you don't because what Austin is pointing out as like hints here are all in these books, but it feels for me like you have to be able to like step back and take a look at some of the ancillary material to begin to put the significance of them together. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. There probably are people who were able to piece together this theory with just these main books, but I really like, this is, you know, my third read through Mm -hmm. and the, the, some of these details I didn't even know. Um, were part of the theory to begin with so the way the way i imagine is people read the books and that's one of the things i kind of wish that i was able to do but i understand because of what we're doing as a podcast and because i'm hella late to these books but i would have liked to have been able to just read them without the expectation that i was going to be interested in or need or even want all of this other additional information like just Mm -hmm. let me read it and yeah. make whatever connections I make. And the ones I don't make, I just don't, I don't have them then, do I? Mm-hmm. I don't get to have them if I don't make them. Right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe, because that's what it's like to read for yourself. Like, right. that's the way everybody else gets to enjoy the book. And then afterwards, people read the book. And then they go, oh, George Martin's got, like, these this many blogs out there. And this, this many other books I can go read. And then you go to those secondary sources and then you get your galaxy brain moment. You go, oh, my God, I didn't even put that together when I read the book. Let me go back and reread it. And now it's a new experience because now you're rereading it. And now you're making all these connections that you didn't make the first time you read it either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's kind of what I, I missed. That's the experience that I would have I would have liked to have had with these books. But that just is impossible because, again, I'm 10 years or more late to the game and the TV happened and this is a podcast where we're like slowly going over everything and you know what I mean? It's just not set up for that kind of experience. Yeah. Um, so like this theory seems pretty solid to me. Uh, and I, you know, Austin even ends his notes with the same question that I had earlier, which is, does it matter? You know, even if the Blackfires are bastards, they're still Targaryen. They still have that blood. And maybe he can still manage a dragon, even though he isn't, like, part of the official line. Do dragons give a shit? Don't think so. I mean, I would, I, I don't think the dragons care about, like, the the legal technicalities of a thing, right? Yeah. Um, and it bodes well for John. That they don't care. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, just to, just to kind of, the thing that I get sort of sad over is knowing that it's very likely this young man believes what he's been told about himself and that he isn't being told the truth. Yeah is a bummer to consider like it again it doesn't really matter but just knowing that you have been fed a fairy tale about yourself yeah and also the fact that illyrio 
wanted to see him and couldn't. That is that's the, heartbreaking. That's the thing that really sticks out to me about uh, from from everything. That's my big takeaway is that we were when we were reading and we were just like, he really wants to see this kid. Like, you know, he seems so sad about it. And I remember talking about how much he loved his wife. And the thing I don't understand is it says that uh, Austin's note said that his wife and the child was sold into slavery. Um, yeah, she, she was. She picked her up from a pillow house. The black fires, when they were finally squashed, were sold into slavery. So when Illyrio met her, she was working at a brothel, and he liked her so much he decided to marry her and took her home with him. Right, which was what caused him to get shunned, essentially. But so he this, this is in this theory. Does he willingly give up his son to this plot? Yes. Oh, okay. Because he's working with Varys, and Varys is like, yo, your son could really pass for somebody if we wanted to. Ah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, as far as Aegon's concerned, his story is, you know, his his true life experience. And it doesn't seem like at at this point he is the kind of kid that could take new information and process it <laughs> and yeah. act accordingly. So I'm going to just say, I hope that if it turns out he really is Illyrio's son, that he doesn't find out because I don't see him accepting that. Well, yeah, that, that's agree. not going to look good. Right. Um, so let's just hope that that that's a secret that, that everybody takes to the grave. <laughs> yeah. Hard agree. Um, so it ends, as we said, with him, Tyrion winning and uh, this kid having made a bad move you said I I lied keep your dragons close and trust no one young Griff jerked to his feet and kicked over the board pick those up the boy commanded Hmm. I don't like it I don't like this vibe it feels bad yeah that he throws a tantrum and then resorts to using his power over someone else to make them do something like this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a good look. No. And granted, it could just be childishness, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But it it feels this feel you know what it feels like? It feels like a red fucking flag. It does though. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in like after dating for two months, I'm gonna be looking back like, you know what? I should have known the day he kicked that game board over. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's that. That's the the big one in your uh, little like calendar of memories where there's a, a stamp over it that's like first clue, bad man. Yep. <laughs> so you know he's still young. There's still potentially, but it bothers me a little bit that nobody seems to be addressing this sort of behavior in him. No. They're educating him. They're teaching him how to fight, but his temper and his his personality isn't coming under any particular sculpting. I don't know the word I want here, but you know what I'm saying. Like I do. No I don't is, know. No one is teaching him how to be a good person. I thought Lamore's role was like going to be kind of, you know, in that vein, but I guess not. Mm, why did you think that? Um, I don't know. I just made some assumptions about a septa and like morality and like good, how to be good and how to, mm. you know, I just made some, some wild leaps about what exactly her job was. Here. <laughs> um, 
so <laughs> he comes out Tyrion and it turns out Isilla has not come to terms with the fact that they have somebody so who's been touched by grayscale she does not want him anywhere near her she doesn't mm-hmm. want him touching the food like mm-hmm. just basically keep the fuck away from me keep the fuck <laughs> away from anything I'm touching anything anyone else is gonna touch and then touch me I don't want you within 10 feet thank you bye <laughs> which frankly would be how I would be also when I first got to the farm in Texas we weren't allowed to touch anything because we were like contaminated from the outside so oh. we were, yeah, we weren't allowed to, like, we had our own special, like, dishes. Like, we had, I had my own, like, utensils and a bowl and a plate that was just mine. I wasn't allowed to use, like, the community, you know, wear. Oh, my God. Oh, I yeah. I didn't know this. I, I, when we, the one time we did the thing, I, like, I talked about it, but it didn't, like, come up any other time. Anybody but, asking about the farm, it's her cult. It's the cult that she just, accidentally just, joined. Just call it Fine. the farm. I don't want to use that word. And, you know, <laughs> people, okay. Get people overly interested. <laughs> just, what? you know, like, when you say, like, when we reached the farm, I was unclean. Oh. Sean, it doesn't sound <laughs> awesome. I'm just saying you probably do want to clarify a tiny bit. <laughs> yikes um, um but yeah so so this 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 but when she she when she sees Tyrion's on a boat she she fucking stops so short the other guy like bumps into her because she's mm-hmm. like the fuck is he doing back on my boat <laughs> so uh griff sends halden to go see this guy Cavo. Cavo. i'm gonna call him Cavo. i was calling him quavo like that that rapper but I don't think that's right. But that's what I decided. And I don't I know stand the rapper. He was, he's one of the Migos, I guess. Mm, mm. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know which one he is, though. Rashawn, and I know one of them is dead now. So I, I didn't know Migos him. was more than one person. Oh. Nope. Did not know that. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm laughing at you, but bitch, I barely know. Like, that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> like, it sounds plural, but plenty of people's names end in S. I don't know. Sure. Mikos, that's his name. <laughs> like that guy, Jethro Tull. What? You know the band Jethro Tull? I do not. Oh, uh, you know the one song, the song everybody knows. But um, but it's a band, but it's but, but the joke is like, oh, I love that guy Jethro Tull. No, it's the name of the band. <laughs> um, so they head out, and Tyrion's going with him because this guy apparently really likes to play Shavas as well. And as they're heading out, Tyrion is getting a lot of stares, and is just kind of like Christ why is it have they never seen a dwarf like mm-hmm. and i love that at one point he's looking at some of the uh other people who are it's it's whores but they when you say whores it makes it sound like it's like a voluntary thing and these people are enslaved mm-hmm. old as sin and twice as ugly the lot of them it mm. was almost enough to put a man off whoring <laughs> sir I would remind you, you have no nose. Okay? So just enough already. Right? Like, settle down without judging you being about people's appearances. There's a fucking Ugh. guard that, like, gets Tyrion in a headlock and basically gives him a noogie. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the fucking disrespect of it all. Tyrion was too startled to resist. It was all over in a heartbeat. Oh my was God. there some reason for that? 
he demanded of the half-maester. He says it's good luck to rub the head of a dwarf, Halden said after an exchange. Tyrion forced himself to smile at the man. Tell him that it's even better luck to suck on a dwarf's cock. Best not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So then we get the the like introduction here. There is somebody named Triarch Horono. Um, a volunteer hero from the Century of Blood. Okay, everybody with these names, Jesus. <laughs> he was returned as a triarch every year for 40 years until he wearied of elections and declared himself triarch for life. This is amazing. The volunteers so they- were not amused. <laughs> he was put to death soon after, tied between two elephants and torn in half. So they were fine with just like appointing him triarch over and over and over mm-hmm. and probably would have kept doing that like but then one day he was like you know what this is a waste of time i'll just be the guy and they're yep. like hey 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 calm down yes like, everybody settle down you get a little ahead of yourself <laughs> <laughs> there is something about you're getting voted in every year but that's not enough for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you've just got to push it like yeah. christ dude just ugh. I guess he was just like the elections are such a like a ridiculous f- formality. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be in charge. Let's stop wasting everybody's time. Like in in one sense, I can see it being spun as a very practical move, but also in the other sense, it being like just what kind of maniac, what kind of ego maniac is like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not satisfied with just winning every time and being appointed. He just decides that I don't even need you to appoint me anymore. <laughs> it's it's really funny too the difference in personality because i would love the validation of them vo- like voting every time <laughs> i'm not just here because i have to be i'm here because you keep wanting me that's right. how good i am i would love that you know yeah give me that and other people see it as like you know uh, the rabble getting their say <laughs> the hoi polloi <laughs> the hoi polloi <laughs> um so this is when they like he hears somebody say the name Daenerys and it's like, all right, let's go. I, I hear somebody talking about this. Um, the priest is calling on the volunteers to go to war, but on the side of right as soldiers of the Lord of Light, R'hllor. Uh He said dragons. Yeah, the dragons have come to carry her to glory. Daenerys? Halden nodded. Venero has sent forth the word from Volantis. Her coming is the fulfillment of an ancient prophecy. Mm. From smoke and salt was she born to make the world anew. She is Azora High returned. And I'm like, that's making a lot more sense with her. I mean, poor Melisandre. (laughs) (laughs) What a shame. (laughs) And uh, he apparently is a really devout believer and Tyrion is like, mm, I don't like devout priests. Yeah. And he's like, he, like we've so we've met a couple of uh, red priests throughout the books, right? But this mm-hmm. guy is like, he's the muckety muck. He's the yeah. grand poobah. You know, he's the high sept of this this religion. He's the high priest of the temple in Volantis. And I don't know. I know that there's other temples, but I don't know exactly where their main home temple for this religion is, or if such a thing even exists. It's a good question. I'm not right. sure either. Yeah. So he, so it says here that he's high priest of the Red Simple in Volantis, but I really took this as like he's 
he's more than just like a regular priest. Like this guy is like one of the guys, but I don't know who the ruler is, like who the highest authority is for this religion, other than like whoever their God is, you know, that's what they would all say. Our highest leader is the God himself. You know, Uh y'all know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm curious about who, if there is a high, high priest, who does that high priest think the prince is because it doesn't seem to be like they're not all in agreement because Melisandre is out here telling everybody that it's Stannis. And usually there's an agreement on who your Messiah is. Mm. And it seems like different priests can are picking different horses in this race, which is very, this is fascinating to me. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm wondering like how much anybody knows about Stannis all the way out here. Is it just proximity? Was she just like, you know, a Lord of Light supporter, and then she sees Stannis and is just like, "Oh, this is the guy." I would love about him here. I or? would love to know that, you know, because Quaith is spending a lot of time advising Daenerys. Um, though she hasn't, that I can remember anyway. And you guys know how my memory is, but she has not actually said anything to Daenerys about her being, um the prince that was promised but she's coming to daenerys and giving her these warnings and shit so she's investing resources in daenerys so mm-hmm. seems like she might be on board with this theory hmm. but melisandre and and if Melisandre's out there thinking it's stannis even though they're not characters that we know about how do i know they're not other red priests saying that other people are you know the prince that was promised i don't how know indeed you know Hmm. I'm like, do you, how much do you think the prince that was promised is real? Um, a literal prophecy to be real? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything. You don't at all? Not really. Okay. Hmm. I, and I uh, say that because I don't think of it hardly ever. So that tells me that I don't really think that there's anything there. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I hadn't really stopped to consider just the importance it has to me reading the story. And I guess you're right. I don't really like ask myself who the prince is mm-hmm. very often. Every time it's brought up that it's like, oh, people think it might be so and so. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it is. And it doesn't, I don't right. feel any like particular uh, urge to defend or suggest anyone, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, that's probably a good metric to use in terms of like how much I give a shit. <laughs> but the thing is that's funny is that usually in a story like this, I would definitely think the prophecy was real. In a story that's a fantasy, where magic is real Mm -hmm. and we have already seen a couple of like people telling the future being correct i would expect myself to take it seriously Uh and care about it but i don't really agreed and i don't don't really know why (laughs) i think it's because for me at least the people who believe in this prophecy are almost non-existent in the story you know like i just had a bunch of questions about the priest who's in charge what are the other ones out there doing who uh, what other people are they saying are the prince that was promised i don't know anything about any of these people interesting melisandre 
Hmm. You know, like it, it hasn't seemed important enough to be part of the story. Other hmm. than, you know, a few casual mentions. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too. Um, yeah, chime in, folks. I want to hear how important this prophecy is to you as a reader. Uh, how invested are you in who it turns out to be? Does it matter to you? Because uh, I'm just sort of taken aback once I stop and, like, look at it, how unimportant it actually feels to me in the end. I'll say as a, a non-spoiled, non-book reader engaging with the show and the fandom online, there was way more energy in the in the commentary around whose John's real parents were versus mm. whether or not he's the prince that was promised. You know, people seemed like really into like, who are his parents? Is our theory true? Is it going to get confirmed? You know, are we going to get the Tower of Joy and all that? Right. Um, and I had read like a couple of comments about, you know, the theory that John might be the prince that was promised, but there wasn't a lot of energy behind those comments. They didn't spark like these long debates to where I remember them years later. Like I remember people talking about those like, what is it? R and J, R and L equals J or L, mm -hmm. whatever the plus deal L. was. Yeah. Like I remember being, noticing that and noticing that that was something people could not stop talking about. <laughs> and it, that's not the same experience I had with this particular prophecy. And like the R plus L equals J almost doesn't even count as like a theory because it was so, it felt so clearly projected that it was basically accepted as fact. It was barely just theory anymore. Like, <laughs> like anybody who tried to suggest maybe it's not that everybody was just like, yeah, it fucking is. Stop <laughs> it. Um, yeah. It was just like, people were just waiting for confirmation. You know, they wanted to be like, tell us we're right, please. So we can stop having a question about this. <laughs> just say it's the thing. Right. Um, so this, uh, the, conversation here as we've already mentioned is just like yeah Daenerys is seducing these men and has this endless lust and just you know it's all the kinds of stories that are told about women in power often just mm -hmm. like how they're yep. insatiable and yep. consuming yep. and because how did they get to be powerful how did they get to the seat of power if they are not in fact engaging in this type of behavior right how else does she get to be so powerful then and they're calling her a monster, a child monster, bloodthirsty. Uh, those who speak against her are impaled on spikes to die lingering deaths. A sorceress who feeds her dragons on the flesh of newborn babes. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> um, and when Halden is like, yeah, so the people she pissed off are saying this about her? Wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, I love that moment. I'm so glad <laughs> he said that. <laughs> and Cabo is like, come on everything's always got a little bit of truth in it and i'm like i mean no but sh sure okay sure <laughs> um the red priest outside seemed to think Valanta should fight for this silver queen not against her the red priests would be wise to hold their tongues already there has been fighting between their followers and those who worship other gods which uh that's just been a thing, apparently. These mm -hmm. like red priests really love mixing it up with other faiths. <laughs> Most of the faiths we've seen so far have been very content to just be 
And if you worship another thing, they will mock you a little bit. But it's not like – you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not a problem. No. The red god is like I don't want any other gods around me. And if you see them, you better go do something about it. <laughs> the red god is a jealous god. Yeah. It's kind of like our god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the white god, as Jim Butcher calls him. <laughs> uh, so – the, the, he pr- picks up the dragon and is like, yeah, this is the most powerful piece in the game. And she's got three of them. Hmm. And Kamba is like, well, yeah, but she's also got three, thrice 3,000 enemies. And Halden's like, you guys have the Dothraki camped outside your gates. Like, you're acting like you've got no, everybody's on your side. They're not, though. And Kavo is very, yeah, we give them what they want and they go away, which is pretty much what Illyrio had said is how they handle mm-hmm. being Dothraki. Like mm-hmm. they show up and they saber rattle and they get paid a ransom essentially. And then they take off. Um, so the time has come for bitter tears. Cabo said at last scooping up the pile of silver, another game. No need said Halden. My dwarf has had his lesson in humility. I think it best we get back to our boat. I, I couldn't it. tell whether Tyrion was playing to lose or not. Well, there's this line at the very beginning when they sit down. Um, Tyrion uh, Halden says, um, I have never once defeated him at this, at this game, Savas. And it just says, Tyrion understood. Perhaps I will be more fortunate. So it's set up at the beginning. Mm. Don't, you're, you don't beat him. You let, gotcha. you, let, you let him win and let the game drag because he's going to talk the whole time. At least that's how I read it. Gotcha. I like but, that. But I was surprised because I thought that there would be an acknowledgement of that after the game was over and they left, but there never really is. No. <laughs> Which I kind of enjoy that because mm. then it means that Tyrion's ego is just not tied up in this at all. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't need to address it. It's just like, yeah, what? I lost on purpose. It does not matter. So then yeah. we go mm-hmm. to like a bad scene. This is rough. Yeah, Because is we great. go to a brothel and again, these women are slaves. And Tyrion is awful and rapes this girl because there's no, it's, you know, I know that there are people out there, well, it's a brothel. It's not right. Ra- if they're enslaved, it's rape. End of. Okay. Let's just all get on that page. And yep. he knows they're enslaved and it does not matter to him. He could do, like, he could say no and not go here, but he doesn't, which yeah yeah like this this whole conversation about like uh do you have to have a woman tonight you need one so badly and he's just basically like i can't pass up the opportunity to fuck somebody Mm -hmm. like if if this i don't know when i'm gonna have another chance to um and i don't know you know when he was going to come across another brothel but and and how long it would be before he found one where the women were not enslaved but this whole evening between him choosing to you know have you know buy a woman here and then the way he treats the woman that he buys uh like just the whole thing is 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 no it's no good it's no good yeah it's just a really like uh, and the way that he like in the midst he first takes her upstairs 
tries to talk to her, even though it's very clear she does not speak the language. So yeah, there's something he, almost mocking about he it. He asks for somebody that speaks the language and they give him this girl. And then it turns out she doesn't speak it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so he fucks her and comes almost immediately and is just like, oh boy, that's really embarrassing. Hold mm-hmm. on. He gets this wine and drinks too much of it and throws up all over this like gorgeous carpet they have. And then basically climbs back on top of her and does it again. And I'm just imagining this dude like climbing all over me after like there's vomit still probably in his beard and how foul this is there's a moment when he is getting having her undress and her back is crisscrossed by ridges of scar tissue mm-hmm. and he also asks her if she knows taisha um and then ask her does she know where whores go and then after he sees her back he thinks that this girl is as good as dead i have just fucked the corpse even her eyes look dead she doesn't even have the strength to load me. Yeah. It's grim. And this is between the fuckings, because then this is when he drinks all the wine, throws up, and then drinks, then fucks her again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not even like, oh, I'm thinking this after the fact and kind of walking away feeling shame. It's I'm thinking this and then I go do it again because I'm so, like, unaffected by it that it doesn't matter. I can still get it up and I'll still do it. Which is pretty hideous. Mm. And it's just a particularly like grim scene that um, Austin points out in the show the way that this worked. Uh, It says, in contrast to a similar point in the show, he flirts with and charms one of the women working there and then decides not to have sex with her because he is still broken up about Shay. This is another one of the moments of the show softening Tyrion that a lot of people were pissed off about. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Probably because it wasn't really very significant. I'm trying to think if this was one done on the show because they didn't do the whole thing with, you know, Griff and all that. Oh, and Griff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So as he's traveling east, he's with Jorah. I remember him being with Jorah. But when does this happen on the show? I don't remember. It doesn't I, really matter. It doesn't really matter. You're right. I do know that there was, I do remember a scene on the show with him tumbling out of a crate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is with uh, Varys, I think. I don't remember if he goes back, if he's with Illyrio, because Illyrio is really not much of a thing in the show the way he is in the books. Mm. Um. So, yeah, maybe it was when he's traveling with, with Varys, and then they have this moment. But, yeah, you, you've talked to me before about different moments uh, that are in the books, and then they have Tyrion just sort of being softened in the show. And, um, yeah, I agree with Austin. This is definitely a good example of that. Um, so, hmm. it's and it's like when I think about Tyrion and the way the show softened him, this is the scene for me. That Mm. I think of as being like a moment of really seeing how little empathy he seems to have anymore. Like he's just sunk in my estimation. This bummed me out so much. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like not to like take the heat off of him for his, his choices in this moment, 
But he has really sunk in his own estimation as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he is just filled with such a such self-loathing. Um, and, like, killing his father has fucked him up. Yeah. You know, in a real significant way, as, as that kind of thing will fucking do. No matter how deserved it might have been and how fucking awful Tywin was to him his entire life and, and, and with Jay and all of that. But... Um, Tyrion is like at his lowest right now. He is just not a like nothing about him is a good person right now. Yeah, that's um, true. And uh, and and when you are not a good person, you make you don't make good choices. <laughs> you definitely don't have empathy for other people. You you know you're so he's so fucking self obsessed. He's so stuck in his own shit. Like, he's wallowing in his own crapulence, as <laughs> Montgomery Burns would say. <laughs> just, Ew. I don't even know that's a real word, but I love that. I love that sentence. Just wallowing <laughs> in your own crapulence. <laughs> but, so, um, yeah, you know. this whole scene ends with him stumbling across Jorah Mormont. And immediately, Tyrion is like, oh, shit. Because this dude looks strong is sober and Tyrion is quite drunk and doesn't have any way to defend himself and it's very clear nobody here is going to step forward and have his back oh yeah the fucking owner has bounced like there's nobody in charge (laughs) motherfucker so it ends with him saying i am taking you to the queen yeah and that's the end of that chapter my guy over an hour and it's just one chapter yep we go to daenerys and daenerys i don't think her chapter is going to take as long to talk about anyway like the Tyrion has a very history dense chapter and it's also just actually longer than hers almost mm. twice as long from what oh, i okay. remember um and daenerys is really it's just the same question what do <laughs> i do everything is bad what do i do and it turns out that, like, she has taken a bunch of the children of the nobility hostage, but there are still people being killed, and she refuses yeah. to execute any of them. Yeah, and there are people, her people, uh, the fucking shave paid is like, what is the point then? Yep. What What are you doing? Like, you're making a mockery of us. <laughs> and I mean, that's a real question, because, like, there is nothing weaker. She's doing the fucking thing that the phrase did with putting a noose around Edmure's neck over and over. Yep. Yep. And it's just embarrassing. Girl, no. You either have to be willing to do it or you don't initiate it. This is, this, those are your only options mm-hmm. if you want to keep any respect. Yep. Yep. This woman that has come to see her, this this uh, Green Grace, is a priestess, mm-hmm. I guess, of, I'm not sure what whatever their religion is there. And she is like, look, what you got to do is you got to get married. And Daenerys is just like, I really wish people would stop telling me that that's what I need to do. <laughs> and she's like, no, listen, no, but you do. But you, it's not just getting married. You got to marry the right person. Yeah. And the person she wants Daenerys to marry, if I'm not mistaken, is the guy that keeps showing up asking about the fighting pits. Correct. I have the right guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm reading this like, oh, 
you cannot be serious. <laughs> that cannot be who you mean. <laughs> now, why is that? Just because like she's not going to marry somebody who wants that? Just because just, like the no, principle just, of it, or just, just sort of the principle. And it's kind of funny that this because this guy like is such a pain in Daenerys's ass. Like she was mm. so t- he's showing up every day asking for the same fucking thing, and you know, and it just it was just it was just made me laugh. Like <laughs> there, that cannot be who you mean. And I'm so sure that I'm mixing up characters that I was convinced that I was, again, mixing up characters because I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. That's who she thinks. And and the reason that that's a good match, according to this woman, is that he has the right pedigree. And it turns out that in Giscari, they have their ancestors and their, their ancestral families that are renowned for certain things, just like any other culture would have. And it is his name and his blood that's, that's right. Um, right. Not necessarily who he is as a man or what he's done in his lifetime or even his money and his power and his riches. Like that's not really what is making him an attractive match. Um, and I have to say, I kind of enjoyed that little twist there that, that, because I like, um, it's funny, like we talked earlier about like the time George spends with world building and everything. And I, it, 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 I'm sure it sounded like I was being uh, shittier than I needed to be. And I, I, it's not that I don't enjoy that stuff. I do. And I really like it when I get new bits mm-hmm. of world building, right? What bums me out is when it sort of feels like it's taking over like the time that we're spending in the story Mm -hmm. when, when it's like out of bounds, like for me, the ratio is what's important. And apparently I didn't notice about myself, but apparently I have like a threshold. I was unaware that I had (laughs) one. Right. (laughs) And when it starts to be unbalanced, then that's when I sort of start feeling like it's a bit of a slog. But when George is like on his shit, when he's talking his shit, it's really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so fucking good. And so I like this. I like um, the little bits that we got with when Tyrion was playing the chess game with, with Quavo. And we learned a little bit about the history there and the tigers and the elephants. Like that's, that's rad. And then learning a little bit here about the history of the Scari and these families. And, you know, that's just rad. Like I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I definitely understand the difference, though. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Does that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Do I sound yeah, crazy? no, totally get it. Totally get it. Um, and the, oh God, there's this part here as well. Like, the three people are killed. It turns out last night, mm-hmm. uh, the cowards broke in on some weavers, freed women who had done no harm to anyone. All they did was make beautiful things. Mm. And I'm pretty certain that these are the same weavers that this guy was trying to say because they learned weaving yep. because when he owned them, that they yep. owed him. Yep. I think so too. I'm pretty sure it's the same dude. Yeah. I which feel, is I feel so like it infuriating. Has yeah. Ugh, because gross. that makes it like like they were taking a shot at Daenerys like they're making a point mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, and these women had to suffer uh, and they, again you know like not that anybody deserves any other suffering or it would have been better if three other people die like obviously that's not what we're saying but there is something that's so pointed about it um, yeah 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she is like, are you going to uh, do anything? She tries to frame it in like, oh, you're answering butchery with mercy and is being very like flattering, of course, mm-hmm. about it. But reading between the lines, there's a very like, so you're going to just fucking not. Okay. Which, again, really thumbs down on this whole thing to Paris. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and she finally is like, can I offer my advice? And she's talking about this guy and his relationship to the blood of old Gis. And I love when, like, she says, well, I know he's a noble, but Scott has his noble too. So why not him? And I love when <laughs> she's just like, look, I know that you don't get it. But if you were Giscari, you would understand that there is no comparison. Mm-hmm. They on this, they're not peers. <laughs> um, and our people are an old people, and our ancestors are really important to us. And if you had a son with him, that child would be half harpy, half dragon, and prophecies would be fulfilled by that. And people would be like quick, very quick to back you. Yep. Your enemies would melt like snow. Daenerys is just like, yeah, I can't have children, but I also can't tell you that. Yep. This really sucks. Yeah. So I was thinking, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Right. I'm just looking Mm -hmm. reading this. Just like, oh, they don't know (laughs) that is like, that's not going to happen. Um, Hmm. I really hate this for her. There's something about having to keep something like that secret and everyone assuming that I know is what people who can't have children deal with every day. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is, there's just a complete lack of privacy around it where anybody will just ask you, you having kids? Why haven't you had kids yet? Just basic common, you know, it's for, it's for common discussion. People have no fucking compunction about asking that kind of shit it's wild that people mm-hmm. still engage in that behavior um when she has when the woman says this to her too about like your child will be the fucking fulfill the prophecy and i because i had forgotten that you know cow's baby was was it was another prophesized baby right yes like the stallion who mounts the world mm-hmm. like she can't just like it would be nice if Somebody somewhere told her that maybe she could have a kid and it would just be a fucking kid. But I guess it's <laughs> not like in the cards for her. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why that is so funny. <laughs> just like, I would just like to have a child for the child part. No, no. Is that right. not on the table? Not in the cards for me? No. Okay. <sighs> so she says you um uh i brought him with me his star if you want to talk to him and daenerys is really kind of like wow that is really ballsy fuck you a little bit Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. she doesn't want to offend this woman she's like all right sure send him on up (laughs) and uh i love the way that she's like I'm going to take my leave and leave you two lovebirds to have your little chat. Like, <laughs> oh boy. So he comes up and is like, yeah, so you want to, uh, you want to? <laughs> and she's like, okay, first of all, you're out here saying, marry me and this will all stop. So are you one of the sons of the harpy or not? And he's like, no. 
Would you tell me? No. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Do I think he's one of the sons of Harpies? Mm -hmm. One of them? I mean, at this point, it could literally be anybody. And um, he seems very confident that he could just quash the killings very, very quickly, easily. Mm -hmm. And if he's not one, he knows exactly who the fuck they are. Yeah. At the very, very least, he knows exactly. If he's not literally one, he is Harpy adjacent. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he knows the secret handshake. He knows where the clubhouse is. <laughs> like he may not have been all the way jumped into the gang, but you know, he's mm-hmm. hanging out with them. He's drinking forties. You know what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> he's, yes. He's at the parties. He's, he's invited to the weddings as yeah. best man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh boy. So she makes a deal with him first. She's like, kiss me. And he kisses her hand. And she's like, no. Like, for real, kissy. Kissy, kiss me. And he does. And she's like, wow, that was really weak. Yeah. And does not say this. There's no real sense from him that he understands why she's asking him to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't seem to see this as a test of any kind. Well, she tells him after the kiss, I I don't love you. And mm-hmm. he's like, meh, you might later. Eventually you might like get there. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because I'm not sure if it's just supposed to be that there's no chemistry between them. If it's supposed to be that his sexuality is not in her direction. I suspected the same thing. But why did we think that? I, I'm just, I'm not thinking, I'm not sure oh. which one it is, you know. I I definitely thought it. And I don't know if it's Dario says something later that points in that direction. But I suddenly was just like, I don't think that he's interested in women. Dario does say something. Does he just come right out yeah. and say it? I'm not sure if he says, like, basically that he's into men or if he's just, like, he has no passion. I feel like it was something more like he has no passion. Yeah, it was something like, you know, he he can't satisfy you or yeah. know, something along those lines. But um, it's sort of interesting to me that as much as Daenerys understands her role and that a queen does not belong to herself when she's talking later to Barristan... That she is still very much taking it into account whether they have chemistry. And that seems to be playing a factor in her decision. Mm -hmm. When, like, one could argue that shouldn't even be part of the the way you're choosing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I, and I sympathize because, like, you want there to be something, especially after what she sort of seemed to have with Cal Drogo, even though that was problematic as hell. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <sighs> well, the conversation she has with Barristan Selmy about her grandparents and then the, you know, she's talking about why did why did my parents get married? Because Selmy is like, yeah, they actually were not very fond of each other. And that turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So I think there is something to be said for have, being able to foster a fondness to the person that you're going to be ruling with and, and having, a, you know, having children with it. You want there to be something. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, she's like, have you heard from uh, from my boy at all? And he's like, well... He's uh, downstairs, actually. I didn't want to interrupt your little conversation. She's like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> Send him up. And she goes into a flutter, getting ready. It's a whole thing. It's so, it, again, it's just a little bit embarrassing. This chapter mm-hmm. feels very young. <laughs> did She's we, did really... we talk about what he promised her that he could do? I know we talked about whether or not I, I believed oh, whether no. he was the son of a harpy, but I started to and completely yeah. got sidetracked. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, what she ends up telling um, his dar is that she will agree to think about marrying him if he can give her ninety days and ninety nights with no violence. Yeah, and he says that he no can bodies, do that. no bodies, no bodies on the, are hitting the floor. Um, and yeah, he's like, and so then you'll, you'll marry me. And she's like, mm, maybe. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you slide off. Right. Young girls have been known to be fickle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, that's what their agreement is. He's going to go and do that and come back in 90 days. And she is, go- and she starts to worry like, um, what's going to happen with her alliances if she agrees to marry this guy after 90 days because uh, she's worried about the shave pate. Yeah. His real name I cannot remember. But um, is that Scott's? Shaw Scott's? Scott. Yeah, yeah, it's him. Um, <laughs> and she's just like that. He's not going to be happy, but Resnack is going to fucking love this. And she's like, and that's terrible because I don't trust Resnack, and anything that makes him happy is mm-hmm. probably not great for me. And uh, and round and yet, round she goes. Right? It's like she's she's all these people that are surrounding her, and she even though she doesn't reference it in this chapter, like since since Austin mentioned it in his notes, like the the warning that Quainty has given her has got to be swirling around in her brain. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And uh, yeah, so now this is when um, he leaves and Barrison comes and tells her that Dario is uh, actually downstairs, but not until after he gives his opinion because she asked for it. She's like, what do you think? And he's like, ah, not, not my business, not my place. Yeah. And she tells him, but, you know, I value your counsel so you can speak freely. And he tells her that um, about, like, her parents and her grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think where it is. And there's a, she says, did Rhaegar wed for love or duty? And he's like, well, Elia was a good woman and he was fond of her. And she's like, mm-hmm. Fond. Hmm. Um. Why did my father and mother wed if they did not love each other? Your grandsire commanded it. A woods witch had told him the prince that was promised would be born of their line. See, this is crazy talk (laughs) right here, right? This is crazy talk because the prince was, it says the prince was promised, right? 
Mm-hmm. I was thinking, so like, why are Targaryens hip to this fucking red god prophecy? And then I'm like, well, is the red god is from Volantis? From that area of the world? Like, why would the Targaryens care about that? I mean, if somebody comes to you and just is like, I have a god that you haven't heard of, but they have told, I've been told that they, I've had a vision that our hero who has been foretold to us will be born of the union of your family. I see what you're doing. I mean, I can't resist that. Are you serious? Yeah. They're like, say less. Exactly. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) People will really just switch up everything if you frame it right, won't they? It's true. My God. My God. (laughs) She came to court with Jenny of Old Stones, a stunted thing grotesque to look upon. A dwarf, most people said, though. Dear to Lady Jenny, who always claimed she was one of the children of the forest. I what know I came of her. about Jenny of Old Stones. I there know was a, up. that old woman who was the ghost of High Heart. That was her. And her daughter died and she wanted him to sing her the song. Yes. Because it was in memory of her. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this whole thing, you know, she's just like, wait, what? And he, she asked what became of her Jenny of old stones. And he says, summer hall, the word was fraught with doom. I wanted to hear so much more about this, but we are literally done. She's Mm -hmm. like, all right, you can go. And I was like, what do you mean? He can go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, you and I have talked about Summer Hall and that we don't know what happened there. Nobody seems to really know. Yeah. So it's just this ongoing thing. There's a lot of theories and we have gone through those before, but Mm -hmm. nobody knows for sure. And George hasn't shared. Um, so yeah, so she, (laughs) she finally changes and sees Dario and, uh, your captain lives to serve his cruel queen. Cruel. He raced ahead of all his men to see her face the sooner, only to be left languishing while she ate lamb and figs with some dried up old woman. Why is he such a drama queen? (laughs) That's what she likes about him. It's true, right? That is what she likes about him. They didn't tell me you were here, she's thinking to herself. She she wants to fucking just, bitch, get a hold of yourself, I beg. Yeah, she's really thirsting <laughs> publicly. Like, <laughs> this is one of the few moments where I'm like, maybe her and young Griff are the same age. You know, like, she seems so much more mature than him most of the time. And then this guy shows up and she's like screaming and pulling her hair in the audience like she's a Bieberite, a believer. Um, so she gets like some info from him, but it's all laced with her internal monologue about how, how like how foolish she feels. What must he think of me? I'm mm-hmm. such a goon, and he's so handsome. And look at the way he's touching those sword hilts. Yeah. And 
you know, he the starts whole talking thing. about how he got some men to basically betray whoever they were working for and join his team. And she's like, well, they must be spies. You can't trust them. And he's like, okay, first of all, they're too dumb to be spies. <laughs> and Loki insulted that she would suggest that he can't tell the difference. Like he'd be dumb enough to, to fall for it. Mm-hmm. So he's like a little spicy in his responses to her. <laughs> yeah. And then at one point, uh, he says that his dar, she's, she's like, he said he'll end the killing in 90 days. And he's like, I can do it in nine days. Uh, take, kill them all and take their treasures. Whisper the command and your Daria will make you a pile of their heads taller than this pyramid. And she's like, I don't know who they are. And he's like, yeah, you fucking do. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, that's the energy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he she does though come on and she's like we don't have any proof and i'm like mm, yeah you don't need really, proof to know you really come don't on. yeah they just have her fucking make a move just make a move and he suggests a wedding might serve promise your hand to his dar and all the great masters will come to see you married when they gather in the temple of graces turn us loose upon them yeah now he, He's red wedding it. Yeah. Now this might be too far. This might be. Might be too far. Might be. (laughs) But I do think that he, I mean, she's getting it. She's, she doesn't want to hear what she is being told. She doesn't like what she's hearing, but she's being told, I think the right shit between sell me, get the fuck out. That's a way to go. Yeah. Or start, start fucking wrecking everybody's shit. That's also a way to go. Mm-hmm. But this, what she has chosen, the path she's on, this this is not it. This is not it. And I think you and I had a conversation and I was maybe tr- in a bit of a moral quandary about what she should do and how she should get out of Marine and whether it would be okay if she just sort of abandoned everybody. Because the minute she leaves, the slavers are going to come back, right? Right. And what is that the right thing to do? And we had, like, I think a really fair conversation about it. But, bitch, either either, either if you're going to be there and you're about freedom, you know, and, and, and seeing your endeavors to the, to the end, then you have to start telling these people that you are not playing games. Yeah. Um, or, or you're just making things more dangerous for the people you can't protect. And his star is like... If we got married, we could compromise and just be like, everybody you free is still free, but we get to continue slaving from now on. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking that may be the best she can do, which yep. is pretty bad. Compromising. So, so it, like, if you're already thinking, oh, well, the people who are free can stay free. Okay. How does that work exactly? Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate? How do you, you know, like, this is a whole thing in the United States where there were people who had been freed and then were recaptured mm-hmm. and brought back into slavery by, you know, like people could yep. just do whatever. There's no precedent and there's no ID situation where they can carry a fucking like holographic. Ugh, it's just the whole thing is, is so fraught and none of her options are good. Mm-hmm. And she's considering one that to me is so diluted 
in comparison to what her original plan was. And you know, that it's can, almost like then you should just give up on it. Then you know, Admit she defeat. can always come back too, right? Like, like in my opinion, if she goes to Westeros, right, and she establishes her rule there, I don't think she has to literally sit on that throne to maintain her power. I hmm. think she can go to Westeros. You know, especially if we believe Aegon is Aegon and he, and say like a perfect world, right? Say he takes Tyrion's advice and they decide to do that and go to Dorne. Say that the prophecy of never trusting the son of the sun and that's all bunk and we don't have to worry about that. And they go to Dorne and they put up their banners for her. She gets the throne. That's all gravy, right? Mm hmm. The, um, and I know that the others are like a major concern. I'm just going to put them on a the back burner for just like two seconds. She can always hop on them dragons, whip around real quick to Marine, get rid of all the people she needs to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> and then if she wants to, she has enough resources to install somebody to rule in her stead over there with the backing of the throne behind them if anybody wants the buck. Like you can come back and get them. You don't. You don't. You, just because you're leaving Marine now for Westeros doesn't mean you're abandoning them forever and ever and ever in perpetuity. Hmm. You know. But she she seems to feel like, and George is, is at least you know the narrative so far has been like this is an all or nothing deal. Like if she leaves, yeah, the slavers are going to come back, and that's just going to be how it is for eternity. And that that's not necessarily how it has to be. Hmm. But I don't know. That's interesting. I like that idea, though. <laughs> it might not be feasible or realistic, you know, for, for things I'm not considering in this moment. But I don't see why she can't just swing back around that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, I wonder if mm, I have I have a lot of like, well, but what about and I'm not going to get into them all now, but curious what our audience thinks share with us your your questions and theories mm. about potentially following this line of things so yeah once he's like he's proposed red wedding she's like wow you are fucking awful jesus mm. christ she really does think this is a terrible 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 thing like monstrous idea mm-hmm and she says, do you think that I'm the butcher king? And he's like, well, that's what monarchs have to be. And she's like, "My, I'm different. And he's like, yeah, most queens have no purpose but to warm some king's bed and pop out sons for him. If that's the sort of queen you mean to be, go ahead and marry him. And she's like, what the fuck? Did you forget who I am? And he says, have you? And she gets really pissed and sends him away and tells Barristan not to let him into her sight again. And I was like, ooh, that's what happens when somebody gets to the heart of the matter. You never react this particular way unless somebody has hit a nerve. Yeah. She is really uh, languishing out here. Yeah. Um, and forgetting who she is. And then she's, she's separated from her dragons, which I feel like is probably not talked about a lot, but I don't think it's good for her. 
you know, it seems like she is suffering. The, the feeling that I really get is that, and uh, like the, the separating herself from her dragons is separating herself from her nature mm -hmm. and that it's similar to like, you know, lady being killed by mm -hmm. Cersei. Mm -hmm. Like it's just sort of divorcing yourself from what makes you who you are in an effort to like accomplish something, but is it worth it to give up? part of yourself yeah you know yeah and uh i just really i really hate that i don't have a good answer for her because what she should do. yeah you know because like i know what i think she should do but i understand fully why she doesn't want to and the concerns that she has about leaving and the kinds of bloodshed that would happen, even if she were to turn around and come back, and even if it weren't forever, it would be pretty horrific. And knowing that's what you're the fate you're leaving people to, mm. that's a heavy thing to carry. And oh, man, I, yeah, you know? she's just yeah, like we said before, he has really written himself into a corner here. Mm -hmm. um, there's no really like i don't believe her staying there is going to be ultimately staying there in this capacity that she's currently in if she suddenly switches up the way she moves that'll be a very different thing but the way she is currently behaving i don't think she's doing many people much good yeah in this state and i think that she's endangering people actually the longer this goes on hmm. the longer she's seen as weak the longer the harpies are emboldened to murder, the more that violence will ramp up because they're not going to stop until they eventually get what it is they want. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. they're just going to keep increasing the violence. Um, so she's going to be forced to either respond in kind at some point or leave. Um, neither are good options, you know? No. Um, and if she leaves, like I say, and comes back the time while she's gone, that's just going to be a horror show. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is going to be a horror show. Um, but if she stays, especially if she marries and agrees to this compromise, she is ensuring a different type of horror for generations to come yeah. that are going to be born into slavery and live their lives enslaved. And, um, and not only is she going to be guaranteeing that, but she's going to have to sit there and rule and watch it and and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, she's going to be complicit, which is going to do something to her internally <laughs> as a person and how she sees herself that might be irreparable. Yeah, she's just in a really shitty situation. There's no good, no good choices. So, uh, yay. That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, this, this whole, like, these two chapters, it's sort of interesting because they don't, we've had so many back-to-back -back that really have had similar themes mm -hmm. going on. And these don't have the same themes in terms of, like, the burdens born 
but it is a similar question of like what method is best and there Mm -hmm. being a particular method that seems like it's probably the best course but feels so out of reach at this point which uh Oh God, I really just want to write a fanfic where and- everything goes the other way. <laughs> the thing about Tyrion's theory about what uh, Aegon should do about going to Dorne too, is it, it sort of presupposes that Daenerys comes West. Um, I guess because they are not like, they know she's a Marine and they're aware that there's troubles there, but they don't seem to, or at least Tyrion doesn't seem to account for the fact that it doesn't look like she's coming West anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. That, that Aegon could just be sitting in Dorne waiting indefinitely for her to show up because she's not going anywhere. She's fucking mired right now. <laughs> I wonder if it would change things, you know, if she heard, oh, there's like a surprise Targaryen mm-hmm. and he's in Dorne and he's mustering and waiting for you. Do you think that would hurry her along or would she just kind of be like, sucks for you? I think that it makes me think of a, of a, a really interesting question. It's the flip side, which is if Tyrion understands that she's stuck in this, this fucking quagmire, does he have a different plan for Aegon? Right. Mm. That's um, So I don't so much as have an answer for your question, but it just makes me have another question. <laughs> well, well, well. Um, all right. Well, it's time to wrap this one up. And uh, everyone, we're recording this very close with the next episode because Rashawn's taking a trip. So we're doing them like one day apart, the recordings, when usually there's a full week. And I'm going to wait and read the new patrons next time. Um, And that way it gives a little bit more time for names to turn up. So what's up? I just completely forgot that we were going to be recording. We said we were going to be recording another episode. (laughs) we we had this whole thing and put it in our calendars we did and i still forgot there's too much going on your girl well pray for us kiddos <laughs> we love you very much until next time toodaloo motherfuckers bye guys pray for me <laughs> joffrey Spoiled Network Podcast.